Hallelujah. I kind of, can I start out with a little joke tonight? You know, I like telling. And, uh, you know, Peter's been working the gates up there in heaven, and they'd had a, quite an influx of new recruits coming up, you know. So they said, we got to stiffen things up. we got to change the rules up. We need to come up with some new questions to get in. And I kind of picked up on this this morning when Brother Tony gave me the little card that you guys use in the salvation thing. had two questions you asked people on the street. You know, if you were to die right now, do you know where you'd go? And then uh, what would you say to God, you know, to get, in the, to get into heaven? And so uh, immediately those two jokes uh, came up in my spirit. I taught them. But anyway, so they get together, Peter and a few angels and a couple of the other apostles. And they, they came up with two couple of good questions, you know. So this old boy, uh, two old boys in uh, Oklahoma, one of them from, from Skeedy and the other one from Pawnee. <laughs> And uh, they're racing their trucks down a back road. They hit a train, and the both of them, they check out, and they go up to heaven. So th- this is going to happen for the first time. And so Peter's at the gate, and this brother from Skeety comes up there, and he goes, Well, I, when I was a little boy, my, my grandma took me to church, and I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, so I know you're going to let me in. And Peter says, Normally, that would be enough. But we had to come up with another question so, but if you can answer it, you can come on in. He goes, oh boy, I knew there was going to be something I should have. You know, I should have probably gone to school. I know I should have gone to church more. He says, well, if you can answer this question, no problem. He says, okay, 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 I'm ready. Go ahead. And so Peter says, uh, how many seconds are there in a year? And he went, oof, I got it, I got I, I know. He says, 12. And Peter says, what? Where did you come up with 12? He says, January 2nd, February 2nd, March 2nd. Peter goes, that's a stretch. But come on in. He let him in. Then the other, the other old boy there right behind him saying, Well, I guess it ain't going to be no use me telling you that I went to Sunday school and accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. You got a question for me? He's from Pawnee. And... Uh, Peter says, yeah, we got one for you too. Not as hard, though, as the other one. And he goes, oh, good. Oof. He says, uh, what two days of the week starts with T? And he goes, oh, that's easy. Today and tomorrow. <laughs> so they let him in too. Oh, well, that's enough of that. There's one more question, but we'll leave that for another time. <laughs> Um, you know, in, when we were in Bible school, I remember Brother Hagen saying that small wars have been fought over baptism. How you baptize people, what you baptize them for, and other reasons, you know. And uh, over a period of time now, we've, I've been saved and basically ministering since May um, 31st, 1975. And got set free from alcohol and delivered and been testifying for the Lord and been around a lot of baptism services. Terry and I were baptized in a big, modern, beautiful cathedral in front of 2,000 people. Water was present. I've been at baptisms in lakes in Michigan where there were more snapping turtles than there were people getting baptized. And water and God and the power of God was present. You remember that one, don't you? The turtle or the... Ba- no. And then uh, I've been on the Amazon jungles where people have come and 
were, had accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and entered into the waters of the Amazon River and the power of God and, and, and the Spirit of God was present in their moment. So tonight, as you folks come to the waters of baptism, a decision you've made to do in obedience and following after the Lord, because you've accepted Him as Lord and Savior, the power of God and the presence of God, we believe together, unitedly, is going to be present. In uh, Hebrews chapter 6, it starts out, and we'll just start here. And, you know, we could teach a lot about different things, but for me... I like simplicity, and I like the power of God. So we'll keep it simple and expect the power of God to meet us. Amen? It says, therefore, uh, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Therefore, leaving the discussion of elementary principles of God, let us go on to perfection, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, and the doctrine of baptisms. So there are baptisms. You know that when you get saved, you're baptized spiritually into the body of Christ. Then we know that there's the baptism of water. There's other baptisms. I'm not going to go into all of them, but that's the simple. But that's why there's a doctrine of baptisms. There's more than just a water baptism. Amen. Laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. Amen. So tonight, as you get ready to move forward in obedience and following Christ in baptism... We want, we want you to understand this, that baptism is an outward sign of an inward change of what God has done for you. You know, when we get blessed, we can't help but to shout. Well, that's an outward sign of something that happened inwardly to begin with, wasn't it? Because we are obedient. And anytime, anytime, say anytime, we follow God in obedience, what What happens? We position ourselves to be in position for being blessed by God. You know, you do right. He's made you right. But then when you do right, in concert with Him making you right, He's right there. Isn't He? All the time. He says, and it's not like He's not there when you're not. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But He's continually wanting to express Himself to you personally. In, in any area of our lives, but especially in water baptism, because it was a command directly to him, to others and us. Amen? Yeah. So here we are in uh, Matthew uh, 28. If I could find it, I'd read it. In Matthew 28, and reading, uh, I'll start reading at verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore... And make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus shows the believer's obedience to the Lord and His Word. As we prepare ourselves for water baptism, it does not save us, but it's not optional. It is a command. Amen. Amen. Water baptism does not save you, and it is not optional. It is a command. All believers need to be baptized in water. Through immersion. Because there's an identification we're going to find out here that is critical for us to know about. It's to know that he's done some things spiritually, 
and that has already happened for us, but then we do things outwardly or in the natural or in the flesh, so to speak, as a, as a means or an act of obedience, and then we get rewarded for doing something that we were supposed to do anyway. It's like your mom, when you're a little kid, clean up your room. Well, you cleaned up your room. You didn't come out strutting. Woo, I'm the, I cleaned up my room. <laughs> you were supposed to clean it. It wasn't supposed to get bad to begin with. You understand what I mean? There are some things in life that we're just supposed to do, right? But, you know, we all, everybody loves to be encouraged, don't we? Everybody loves a pat on the back. Everybody loves job well done, right? And sometimes we don't hand out enough of those, and for sure we don't ever get enough. Or, or am I the only one? No, okay, good. <laughs> and yeah. And so here we are in a place in Scripture in the Word of God, and it's no different when it comes to doing all the things that God has commanded us to do. Amen? All the things that He's commanded us to do. But this one is the one that kind of, it's just right in behind salvation and the baptism of the Holy Spirit that just gets exciting. Because there's steps in, you know, and, uh, oh, I got to say this. I I was going to leave this till last. I'm going to say it up front, and that way I'll just say it again later. Is, you know, one thing is just an act. Well, faith is an act. We get water baptized by faith. Amen? Amen. You know, um, I used to tease when I would baptize. I baptized with pastor and other pastors here. And uh, one time I kind of got out of line. But I'm kind of a jokester once in a while. And, no, most all the time. And... uh, (laughs) And so I told this one young man, he was getting in the water, and I said, don't worry about it, now we're going to do this. And we had explained everything at that time. So we'll just hold you down, and when the bubbles stop, we'll bring you up. <laughs> oh, my goodness. He was looking for a way out of the tank. You know? So I had to repent. Oh, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just joking, you know. But that's a good way of knowing when you're done. And... Um, <laughs> but you know the, 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 on one thing it's just an act it's just being obedient but right on the other hand supernatural things begin to happen yes. now we don't draw up a script and expect that everybody that comes out of the water like Jesus a dove's going to descend and the heavens are going to open and God's going to speak But there are times when your spiritual life, you're opening yourself up and let yourself open your hearts, open your spirits to whatever God has for you. Because we're here believing with you that God will meet you right where you're at. I've seen people come out of the water who'd been seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. I've seen people go down sick, come up healed. I've seen people go down with trouble and despair and bound and come up free. All those are available anyway without getting wet. Aren't they? But because of obedience, God met you where you are. I like that. He's, you know, the moment we put God in a box or in a formula, you ever notice that he just kind of gets the eraser out and says, I'm bigger than that. You know, I'll put in $5 and let's see, a hundredfold, and we start figuring it out. And, and then all of a sudden, all our financial worries go away, which exceeds, exceedingly abundant, but beyond whatever I could ask or think. Amen. 
I like staying in that realm. Exceedingly abundantly beyond all that I can ask or think is where God lives. That's where he wants to take us. Even in water baptism. Our obedience to be baptized is a manifestation of our love for Jesus. Because if we love him, we will keep his commandments. In John 14, 15, we find that. Now I want to share with you a few examples of water baptism that were in the early church. They were, they were baptized after they acknowledged Jesus as their Lord and Savior, following Jesus' command to be baptized. The new believers in Acts chapter 2, verses 38 and 41, the new believers on the day of Pentecost. On that day, Peter preached a message, and he says, Be baptized, all of you, in the name of Jesus. And how many... 5,000 were added to the church on that day. Hallelujah. Exceedingly above and beyond all that we could ask or think. Amen. And then the new believers in Samaria in Acts 8, verse 12. Let's look over there. We can look at a few of these, take a little bit of time. Acts chapter 8, and verse 12. But when they had believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Well, that opens the door for male and female, doesn't it? Everybody, believers. Hallelujah. And then even Simon himself also believed. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed seeing miracles and signs which were done. Hallelujah. Then the Ethiopian eunuch, later on in this same chapter, in verses 34 and 39, if you want to just turn over there, since we're there already. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this, of himself, or of some other man? And then Philip opened his mouth, and by the way, I'm sorry, I'm reading from the New King James Bible. Um. And then Philip, at verse 35, Then Philip opened his mouth, and, be, and, be, and beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? You know, in that um, uh, age or uh, culture, it was important for people, when they shifted their belief, uh, if they had a paradigm switch in their belief system, or if, if they were believing something, they wanted to testify to the world, to the, the believing world of that moment and that time, that, hey, this is who I am, this is who I believe in, and I'm going to walk that way. They didn't have some... Uh, wishy-washy code like, uh, like uh, some of us in this culture, no one in, 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 in the state of California is like that, but who, who says they're going to do one thing and does another. Uh, you'll look through the scriptures. A lot of times it says, uh, especially in the book of Hebrews, it says profession or confession. Those words are interchangeable. 
who they were and what they did were the same. What they said and who they were were interchangeable. If they said they were going to be there, they were there. If they said, this is what I'm going to do, they did it. And so in that culture, that time, when they said, I'm being baptized and I am a disciple and follower of Jesus Christ, that was the end of it. It wasn't like next week, well, now I'm going to follow hoodoo or undone or whoever. Whatever was the next thing that was coming down, you know, uh, the uh, uh, media trip. And so they stayed with what they said they were going to do. So when it was like putting a, a, a badge on their chest, oh, sorry, a badge on their chest saying, this is who I am, a target. Shoot your best shot. I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. I'm not hiding in the closet. I'm not a closet Christian. I'm up front and center. I'm serving God. I'm telling, I'm confessing, I'm professing. See, this will be the easiest testimony you may ever give. Because all of us here love you. And all of us here believe the way you do. So we accept what you're going to say. But when you go out there and wear that same target, of course your hair will be dry. But your spirit will be soaked and saturated with the power of God to change lives. To tell them about Jesus and what he's done in your life. Don't let go. The more you say it, the more it becomes reinforced in you. The greater the power, the greater the surge comes up from within you. Because he's there to make sure those words come to pass. Amen. Amen. Don't ever quit. Hallelujah. Keep saying it. Keeps, I don't care if they turn and run every time you talk to them. Amen. Keep saying it. Keep telling them. Keep loving them. Sooner or later, that angel will whack them. No, I'm... <laughs> and then uh, Saul, who became Paul the Apostle in Acts chapter 9, three days after his conversion, he got baptized. And then the new believers at Cornelius' house. Look in Acts chapter 10. You're, you're right there close by, verse 44. I love some of the things that God was doing in the early church. And we're not all that late. We're, we're right in the thick of it. The early and the latter. We're on the tail end of God's power. Where he turned it up early to get people excited about it. And we're on the tail end where he's turning it up because it's all going to come to a head. This is the most exciting. Some people say, man, wouldn't it have been great to have been there? No, it's great to have been here and now. Now, now is the day of salvation. Now is the moment of our Lord God. Now is when he's doing signs and miracles and wonders. Hallelujah. In our midst. In our midst. Don't ever be... Here's something else. And I keep going back over here because this is what it's all about. Is don't miss out on the supernatural looking for the spectacular. God's supernatural power sometimes works without the spectacular. I mean... Two people are going to put you underwater. You're going to get wet. You're going to come out of the water wet. And you'll need to go dry. 
Yet, in that moment of, of time, so small a space, God can do great things within you that you have no clue. You might, okay, Lord, I just believe that in this moment, in this time, Lord, I just want all this junk to go away. Let's make this a moment of cleansing. I just thank you for it, Lord, and praise you. You go down in that water and you come up and from all things, nothing's really changed. Don't be moved by that. He hears the cry of the heart. He says, I want to give you the desires of your heart more than you want them. And yet, right in the midst of that, he'll do some little thing that you weren't even looking for. And you'll go, whoa, I wasn't expecting that. Well, that's just kind of like dessert before dinner. Because he wants that in all of us. He wants to do that for all of us. Amen. And don't you guys miss out on anything out here either. Because through the testimony of the changed lives, you can be touched by the power of God. And then uh, uh, Acts 10, 44. <clears throat> While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles all, also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized? who have received the Holy Spirit, just as we have. And they commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord, and then they asked him to stay a few days. Yeah. Hallelujah. And then Lydia and her family in Acts 16, 14, and 15, excuse me. <coughs> and then the born-again Philippian jailer. I like this guy. Acts 16. Can you imagine what was going on in this jail? 16, turn to uh, verse 31. And we know what happened. Remember Paul and Silas singing? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, all, everybody heard it and the cells opened up and the jailer's getting ready to kill himself and everything else. And so then they preached the good news to him. Okay, so 31. So they said, believe. And he, he brought them out and said, sirs, what must, verse 30, must I do to be saved? And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Yeah. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in his house. And he took them that same hour of the night, washed their stripes, and immediately he and all his family were baptized. Yeah. It was important. Yeah. Do you see the importance of them wanting to identify themselves with Jesus Christ? Yeah. Immediately. Now, some of us put it off and whatever and for other reasons or, you know, opportunity arises. And so we have this opportunity. That's fine. But what you need to hear in the early church is immediately following or soon after following, accepting the Lord Jesus Christ was that initial confirmation and, and uh, an act of obedience of following the Lord in baptism. It was that testimony. Amen. Okay. Now, here again. Water baptism is a public testimony and confession of our faith in Jesus Christ as Savior. In water baptism, we are giving testimony of this before heaven, earth, angels, the church, our family, other believers, 
that we belong to Jesus. We are acknowledging our faith in him before men. We can do that as, as we're sitting out here. Those of you that have already been baptized, already, we're all saved. We can do that every day. Acknowledging Jesus Christ before men. And Matthew 10.32. It says this. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him will I also confess before my Father who is in heaven. Now, when you just read that, you don't think much about it. But think about this a moment. How would you like Jesus talking to the Father about you all the time? If you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father. If you talk about Jesus, I'm going to talk about you. (laughs) That's That's right. Have I told you about my buddy Mark? Glory to God. Goes over to that foreign country. Gets on TV. Telling the world about Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't know about you. That thrills me. To think that Jesus is up there talking about me specifically. He's not saying, well, you know that church down there got a few folks in it. They're talking No, 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 no. He singles you out. See, if he knows every hair on your head, why can't he center in on you? Right? To the Father. And the Father says, really? He doesn't say, really, I didn't know that. Because I think he knew, right? He's just saying, isn't that great? Because we could talk about things that we know people are saying good things about us. We'd find somebody somewhere, couldn't we? (laughs) Maybe the two we're married to. Well, maybe, no, we shouldn't start there. And, and, you know, we find people, and you want to just, you just rail, you know, you're just going, yeah, oh, they're they great. What can we do to bless them? Let's take them to dinner. Let's buy them something nice. Let's just treat them good. Let's give them a call. Send Send them a text, that's easier. Then we don't have to talk very long. But you want to do something for them. Why? Because they're talking about you. They're saying good things about you. You're saying good things. Well, how do I witness to somebody? I'm just, you know, I can't walk into somebody. Sure you can. Sure you Huh? If I say something good about Jesus to him, Jesus is going to say good things about me to the Father. Hmm. I wonder if I should say anything. Do I need to slap you? No, yes. Yes. Continually. Anybody. Everybody. I remember I first got saved. Uh, I'd pick up anything, wouldn't I, in the car. Dogs, cat. I'd talk to, if no one would listen, I'd talk to a cricket. (laughs) I'm not kidding you. Still do, I think, sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) Talk to people about Jesus. And Jesus will talk to the Father about you. Wow. (laughs) And we're also given testimony that Christ is our Savior. And that we have entered into a new life together with Him. It is also a testimony that we have consciously chosen 
to follow Jesus out of our old way of living, out of sin, out of worldliness, out of ungodliness, to live holy and godly in obedience to his will. Now we're getting down to it. But we don't do it in our own strength, do we? Why? Because we can't. But he's right there to help us every step of the way. You're going to miss it? Of course. That's a given. Are you going to quit? Never. Why? Because he's always there to pick you up. He's always there to pick you up. Sometimes we just need to get up. And he picks us up. Never leaves us to do it on our own. Once I discovered the secret of not doing it in my own strength, it became a piece of cake. But you know, you can wring your hands and worry and sweat and pray worried prayers and, you know, bite your lip and, you know, do whatever and push that lever, pull this, put that button, pull this lever, you know, read an extra four chapters a day and everything. That's your strength. But when you just cast the care of it on Him and receive by grace that power to get it done, huh, life gets easy. Life gets supernatural. This is still all about water baptism, believe it or not. Isn't this exciting? You ready to get in? Let me finish. (laughs) Water baptism, not bisms, is an act of the burial and resurrection with Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 6. We'll finish right here. Romans 6, chapter 3, uh, chapter 6, verse 3. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ, that spiritually, were baptized into His death, Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into his death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection." Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin, for he who has died has been freed from sin. Hallelujah. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Here we identify in water baptism. Our immersion in water offers us a picture of the burial. When we fall back or go under the water, we're identifying with him in his death, aren't we? When he paid that price. When we go down, he died, we died. Now, that's already happened. He did that on the cross spiritually. You're alive in Christ. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things, all things have passed away. The new has come. Amen? Amen. But here, we identify with that. We make an identification that we're, as an act, I'm saying, 
yes and amen. Outwardly. Not just inwardly a prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm in the body of Christ. I'm a Christian. I'm saved. Hallelujah. No, I'm going to tell everybody when I do that. Heaven, remember? Earth and hell. Angels, church, friends, everybody. Wow. And the Father's going to go, Woo, yeah. I like that. All of heaven has a party. They get excited. Yeah. They just don't sit there. Things on earth happen. They get excited about it. We're also stating that we've died with him to the power of sin. You can't get a dead person to sin. There's no temptation. Let's just, you know, well, I'm not going to go there. Because some of us could have lost loved ones here recently. But even then, whatever the temptation was to that individual, you cannot tempt them any longer. Can you? No, they're dead. I'm dead. I'm dead to sin. Why? I identified with his death. The temptation that comes my way, yeah, it's got a pull. It says the pleasure, the glamour, the light, the bright of sin will pull you and tempt you and tug at you, won't it? The smell of that pie. (laughs) See, now you know my weakness. It's lemon meringue, in case you were wondering. If you want to bring me one, that's okay. Go ahead and tempt me all you want. I will not succumb. I'll just eat that sucker. (laughs) With friends. I'll give one or two slices. I've given you a slice of pie before, haven't I? (laughs) We're identifying ourselves with the resurrection power of Christ. When we come up out of the water, we're stating that we have been risen with Christ. Sharing His life. Just as the resurrection power of the divine life brought Jesus out of the grave into a totally new life, so also we who come up out of the water with Him are empowered by His Spirit to live in that newness of life. Now, I'm not saying it happens at that moment, but it can. Are you with me? I'm I'm not putting any limits on God tonight. I want Him to meet you where you're at. Whatever that might be. The resurrection life of Jesus Christ is communicated to us. Empowering us to grow in victory over sin and our sinful nature. In this step of identification, we're taking a step of faith. In which we unite ourselves with Christ. Victory over sin. Victory over our sinful nature. So that we may habitually. This is one habit you need to do. Live in newness of life. Then we demonstrate. Let me close with this. We demonstrate our faith in our future. You know that song goes, their their future so bright they got to wear shades. You're demonstrating your faith in our future in serving and in walking in the blessings of God. Hallelujah. Demonstrating by faith, my future is bright. I'm going to serve where he puts me to serve. I'm going to give where he gives. What he gives, I give. He loves, I love. Hallelujah. He holds, I hold. 
Hallelujah. He rescues, I rescue. He speaks, I speak. He says, go, I go. He says, come, I come. A disciple grown and and nurtured in the word of God. Father, we just thank you and praise you for these tonight. As they follow you in an act of obedience to your will. We just thank you and praise you for what you're going to do in lives tonight. Not only those in act of obedience and water baptism, but those watching and participating tonight, Father. We just believe the best is yours. And then if there's anyone in this congregation tonight within the sound of my voice that has not accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, this is your moment. Now is the day of salvation. Before I close and and, and we move into the next segment of this service, anyone in this uh, auditorium, by an uplifted hand, if you would raise your hand and say, Yes, Brother George, I need to receive Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. Just raise your hand right where you sit. Right now is a good time to raise your hand and say yes to Jesus. Anywhere in this auditorium. Okay, with that, we'll just accept that everyone in the place tonight is saved. Born again. Pastor Mark, thank you very much.